Hi guys, this is Udo's and welcome to the Udo show. Today I have a very special guest. Her name is Yao Ying Summers and she has around 1.5 million followers on social media and she owns two different comedy clubs and she also has a comedy special coming out on Peacock TV or a Peacock, right? Peacock TV coming out. So basically, she's also a single mom of two. So I don't even know how she manages to handle all this because it's a lot already. But thank you so much for joining my show today. And I'm so happy to have you on. Let's just get right into it. Uh, what made you want to start uh, pursuing comedy? Uh, I love to make people laugh my whole life. And I grew up in China as a girl. I was never desired or wanted by my family or society so they love me but uh, in a way it's like oh you know you are not a boy we still kept you you better do well in school you better do better and um, I'm just never good enough and uh, um, being in China as a, girl, with a, as a girl with dark skin I was never beautiful so I just thought that uh, maybe uh, I should uh, do something else to get you to like me and I just love to make you laugh and I, I, I guess I just always wanted to be accepted and loved. And making them laugh would be very good to make you like me. So I always like to make people laugh. I, I, I've been told I've been funny since I was a kid. I was just a funny kid. I always like to make people laugh. Yeah, I so, mean, you're, you're like already like as soon as you start talking, like you're actually like really naturally funny, like. When you're telling your story, even though it's like really like dramatic and also like I went through the same stuff as you're talking about, like when I was born, like my dad's family was like, oh, next next time you get a boy, like they were like disappointed. (laughs) So but it's like funny. I know it's like super messed up, but the way you're like explaining everything and I'm relating to it, it's like still comes off as funny, you know, even though it's like so sad, you know. So, like, I think you just naturally build funny, like you said, and it's just like you just got this talent, like natural God-given talent, you know? So, oh, yeah, it's you. amazing. I love it. So, okay, go on with your story. Sorry. <laughs> so, I grew up in China. I went to uh, America for college. I went to University of Kentucky. That's a big joke. I have uh, like 10 minutes of materials of my Kentucky life <laughs> in comedy. <laughs> I talk about it a lot because you are, like, fascinated. Kentucky. Yeah. I- went to Kentucky I'm like yeah nobody lies about going to Kentucky what, know, is like, what is like a Kentucky accent can you do you know how to do it or let me think like let me try GSB get trick ready something like that what? <laughs> and get a trick ready like get the truck ready something like oh GSB, okay like I, I don't even know ready. something like that I can't I can't do it because I can barely speak English but uh, I think that would be like a Kentucky accent yeah, like when I think Kentucky, I'm like Kentucky, holy ho! Like, yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, but yeah, it's probably really off. Probably like pissing off a lot of Kentucky people. But uh, yeah, so then when you came to Kentucky, what happened? I started the business, and uh, I started to hanging out with like a lot of pretty girls, American girls, and they teach me to do makeup and. Uh, I was a tomboy and then I just really loved to look pretty and yeah. I really enjoyed uh, being a girl mm-hmm. and then I went to um, LA to pursue acting mm-hmm. and it's been very tough with this accent to get on any well. I've, I've been training with Howard Fine Acting Studio doing speech 
and uh, um, it, I, I loved the craft acting, and I also did the Lady Macbeth theater uh, for uh, for my acting school, and uh, uh, I I loved it. My coach loved the, uh, how hard I work, mm-hmm. but uh, my accent is stopping me from going further. Even though I got a call back, it's always my accent that's holding me back. And uh, I I came here when I was like eighteen, and it's really hard to remove my accent. I don't have like a musical ear that I can really just do a lot of language with no accent. Also, I I, I just, I can't, I'm not American born Chinese. I'm an immigrant. I'm a first generation immigrant. I can't change who I am. Therefore, um, I was encouraged to do stand up. My acting coach, Howard Fine, told me that I have, uh, I have a lot of humor in me that I'm naturally funny. Mm -hmm. He said I should do stand up and audition for TV show, I think called the Rebel is John Singleton's TV show. It's about oh, yeah. there's a role. It's a, a Chinese girl. She grew up in um, San Francisco in Oakwood, which is like a, a a ghetto Chinese girl. Very cool character. Yeah, uh, really. Her name is Karma. I think I really want to get that role. And auditioned. I got callback. And John Singleton's like, no, we can't have you. Uh, this girl is from girl. She grew up here. Your accent doesn't convince us as you are from Oakwood, but I do think you have a talent for stand-up comedy. Yeah. So he's like, "Why don't you uh, try stand-up?" And I think you really can do it. So that's the way we we connect. We become friends, and he kind of like encouraged me to do it a lot of times. My first open mic, and eventually I tried out, and it was very hard. I bombed, of course, the first open mic, and then he asked me again. I was. Uh, I, I already got married, had my baby, but uh, he he said, "Oh, we sh- you should talk about uh, uh, your stand up when we have lunch." But he he passed away suddenly from yeah. the yeah from the brain aneurysm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's so crazy that you're saying that. I had no idea because I was actually discovered by John Singleton, and when I like talked to him, and he was like, "You're actually really like naturally funny," and I'm like. Oh, really? Because you never laugh at my jokes. And he's like, well, yeah, because I don't need to. You laugh at your own jokes. And he's like, you need to start going the groundling because number one rule is to not laugh. Oh, at my God. Jokes. What a beautiful connection. Yeah. And then like we were good friends. But yeah, like you said, like he passed away. It was so like sad, you know, and I like know his like uh, ex-fiance and baby mamas, you know, and all that oh kind my of stuff. Goodness. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, it's crazy. It's such a small world. I had no idea. Yeah, I, I just, uh, you know, he, he's very convinced that I should do stand up and I, I I wasn't convinced. And I, I tried it and I, I wasn't convinced because I wasn't, I didn't kill my first open mic. I mean, nobody does, somebody does, but I didn't. But uh, uh, I didn't give up. I just, Okay, but I, I just I was breastfeeding. I'll be pumping milk in the car. I'll be running five open mics a day, trying to go to get the mic, and it's very hard because mm. you know we we can't get on stage unless you are somebody. Nobody's gonna book you. But uh, how can you get booked? Is get good? How can you get good? Is getting practice. There's no not enough practice. Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, it's crazy with open mics because I I think a lot of people don't really understand like when you do open mics, you actually go in front of like other comedians that are also practicing their like open mics, right? So or like practicing their content. So they're kind of there just to focus on their own stuff, right? 
and they're waiting on their turn. So if yeah. you get somebody from these people and they're very critical, but if you can get one of them, like, or some of them or whatever, if they're, they're starting to laugh, then mm-hmm. you know that it's actually good content because then you can make an actual room like full of people that are not comedians, like laugh. Right. Yes. So that's what, what I kind of learned with the whole open mics. Like I went up so many times and like, it's like, you got to just keep going and then see what works and then see what doesn't work. Like this section might work. Okay. Cut this part out, you know? So it's like really technical and then you come up with a routine and then that's what you pre- pretty much present to uh, people, you know? Yeah. So oh very tough. It's very tough. Like I never like, well, the thing with stand up is I I wanted to just like kind of focus on doing a special and this and that. But as far as touring at that point in my life, I didn't want to go like on tours and like, you know, all over the country and this and that, even though like I could have, I didn't feel like I wanted to do that at that point because I was at a different stage. Oh, yeah. Camera kind of went off. Okay, there. So yeah, like, did you do the whole touring and everything? Or are you still touring? Or how is that mm. working? So I started open mic and I realized there's not enough stay time if I play by the rule. So yeah. I break the rule. I open my own comedy club. I can practice every hour, every day. So I <laughs> give myself all the stage time in the world. Yeah. I, I'm a workaholic. Like, I don't, I have very high standard. I, yeah. I rewrite my joke. I do the best I can to make the joke work which i really relate to you because you produce your show you have millions of followers like you are one of the biggest influences on um i think on on instagram as as, as a comedian actress yeah. and uh, you also like uh, then all of a sudden you have a man in your in your sketch and they get all the credit which is so stupid nobody uh, believe me when i tell them i read all my jokes they're like no you know you don't yeah. speak english no, but you can write you can't write that well i'm like yeah, that's, I, that's no, yeah. Nobody no, I, totally agree. I totally agree. Like this is I'm so impressed by you because you have your own like comedy club and like the best part about it, you're like, this isn't enough. Like, you know, I'm not getting enough stage time. I'm going to just buy my own comedy club. Yes, we were like a hundred thousand hours rule. I'm like, I can't get a hundred thousand hours. I spent two hours from, you know, from like a, Santa Monica to, to Burbank to get on this open mic is a lottery open mic. You can't get on. I can buy 20 drinks, give to everybody and get a lottery in. But like, I, I don't need this. I don't have time for this. I, I need to get on stage. That's yeah. what I did. So um, with my TikTok uh, working and uh, uh, I started, uh, I think after shortly after a year, start doing it. I start getting noticed. I getting getting spots booked for the improv, the audition mic. I, I do the audition mic. It's so hard because everybody's competing for the spot. It's a lottery. When you go up and when you are funny, they are angry at you because all the comments are bitter. But when you are not funny, they are so happy. They make you feel yeah. worse. So it doesn't matter. You lose either way. But I didn't give up. I bought my Amazon folding chair. I sit outside of a love factory. For five hours, you know, I wait for the lottery audition for for the audition. I just keep doing it. Now, like I have my face on the marquee on Sunset Boulevard, people be like, "You are so lucky." You know how hard it is for people to get passed by the love factory. I'm like, I know. I was on a folding chair with Crazy Joe. Like, I know. I did it. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "Can I touch your boobs?" You know, like that's what I did. I I didn't. Uh, I hustled. I go yeah. there. And I, I never, I, and sometimes I don't get called. Sometimes I have a spot I didn't do well. 
sometimes I thought I did amazing, but they never called me back for the next spot. Yeah. But it didn't stop me from hustling. I just need to get better as the most critical, hardest open mic in the world. So my fans want to see me. So I did my tour at uh, in Texas. I sold out to my daughter's tour, and I got so I, I start doing tour. I'm gonna I'm going to San Fran, uh, San Diego this weekend. Mm-hmm. I'll be on Fox News Five Morning News to talk about my uh, comedy special and my tour in San Diego this Friday. Mm-hmm. Going to New York last uh, week of this month. So uh, I still tour, but with two kids, being a single mother, um, it's like a battle I have to fight. Like this weekend, I'll be taking two kids and my na- my maid and my mom. All of us going there. So night yeah. I work as a working mom. Daytime I'm a mom. Mom, I go to the zoo and uh, uh, the Sea World with the kids. Yeah, I know. It, I mean, it, that's like the hardest part because a lot of times when you're a woman and you're working, you're also taking on the uh, role as just like a full time mom and working full time. So it's not like you really get a lot of breaks being a mom, you know. So the job like never ends. That that's what I like experience with my friends and stuff. They're always saying like, you know, it's like you work uh, full time, then you also take care of the kids full time. And then there's no time that you're actually off while like when you're a guy, you actually just go to work and then you come home. You might play with the kids for like an hour or two and then you kind of like go to sleep. Right. So, so yeah. Like, so how has that been like challenge, like, you know, with the challenge of like, keeping up with two kids, not just one, but like being a single mom, bringing your kids on tour and like doing all this and working. Like, I can't even imagine, like I, I would have just been falling asleep like everywhere and everywhere. <laughs> I just uh, um got really lucky, uh, very, very lucky with my mom. She helped me with the kids full time. Mm-hmm. And then I have a full time maid. She helps. She's also a nanny and a chef. So she makes food to nice. clean the house. Help with the baby. She's working for me full time, and then I, I just, I also have a very brilliant assistant. She's, uh, she's helping with editing my videos, uh, my daily tasks. So uh, I, I still have to work full time to actually uh, survive a day. I mean, I enjoy my life very much, but uh, also like there's a lot of things I have to make sure it's done. Like there's a birthday at the school. I want to make sure my son has gifts for for the other the kid or like uh, I have to make sure that because I'm busy he's not uh, ignored by me at yeah. school and then my daughter she is talking she's walking around she wants my attention and I always try to take like a two-hour break in the afternoon to help uh, to help myself uh, so I can just be away from work I can play with the kids and read books with them and take them to the pickup park to to hang out um I just uh, wanted to tell all the single mothers or um, married, you know, mothers not who's not single mothers for all of the mom, you know, we are doing the best we can. You have to stop uh, being hard on yourself that, oh, I'm a bad mom. Oh, you know, like uh, you, you are playing different roles. When you are working, you are working. When you are mom, you are mom. You can't do both, but you can. You can do both is that when you allow yourself be like, okay, today I should have spent more time with them. But guess what? There's a deadline. I have to catch up. If I don't catch up, it's more stress for me and the family anyway. So you just give yourself a break. Maybe one day you can spend all day with a kid. You don't have to worry about work. But you just can't uh, to be hard on yourself. When you are hard on yourself, you are in a bad mood. The kids are so smart. They know what's going on. They feel bad. They feel bad. And it's just, it's not good. The best thing is just like, uh, I'm doing the best I can. 
Yeah. A day at a time. I'm good. Don't worry. I'm, I'm fine. I can, I got, I got this. Yeah, no, that's like, uh, that's really helpful. I think, because I think like, uh, I think a lot of moms are probably beating themselves up, whether you like, don't spend enough uh, time with the kids because you're working, then you feel guilty about that or like vice versa. So like you, you're like spending all this time with the kids, but you're not working enough. Right. So it's like, it's hard to find like a good balance. So I think a lot of women feel guilty about both because either you're working and you're pursuing your dreams and your goals, or like you're doing too much one, one too much or too little, you know? So it's like, kind of hard to figure all that balance out I guess you know but you you look like you've done it and like it's good that you have like somebody that can help and like you know you get your mom and the maid and assistant you know that's what I found is like so hard to find is people that like like you know finding a good like people to work like in general like I had a hard time finding assistance because you find an assistant and they might be great for a certain time, but they're just there to learn everything that, you know, you have to teach. Yeah. And then once they learn everything, then they're off. And you're like, wait a minute. Like I just yeah. gave free training. So many things like that. Somebody have a great assistant. Then they learn everything you'll have. They take it and try to do their own thing. Copy what they learn from you. It's just, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's so sad to find a good one. Cause it takes you around a month or two to train them, to get them good. You're basically paying two months just to train them because they won't be doing good things at the first two months. They don't know your system. And when you teach them, they know everything. When they are like really taking off, they leave, which is so crazy. So like, how did you find good people to work for you? Like, did you oh, very a lot of people? I got so lucky with my assistant. Yeah. I interviewed a lot. They, they, just, they don't they just talk, but they don't really do things. So I got her. She was doing a, a workshop for my best friend, Aiden Park. She was... She's a, she's a young comedian, a Jewish girl from New York, very bright, very sweet. And uh, uh, when I first time I saw, I met her, I'm like, just so we're going to just meet her. Because she was also, because she worked for crazy people before too, you know. It's not like she's desperate. So we just meet and we we had a good chat. And then I have her basically on a trial for both of us for one week. And I saw she was very bright. And yeah. very, then I just took her on full time and she just... Uh, She's really great. No, that's that's so cool. That's like wow. Like I, I want to kind of get her a phone out. <laughs> Be like, can I borrow her? <laughs> like, yeah. And she edits. That's like amazing. Like she, she does. She edit my videos and she does my schedule and she also like um, reminding of things. She makes sure things are organized so I don't go crazy because oh, I'm yeah. a workaholic. When I don't get shit done, I freak out. I I I just uh, ah. But she she's very calm and she knows what's going on. So when you go like on auditions, like I was explaining to you earlier uh, when we were in our, like recording, I have a very hard time when I go out on auditions because people think I'm Hispanic. So they're like, oh, she's Latina. Do you speak Spanish? And I'm like, no, I don't speak Spanish. Uh, they're like, well, where are you from? I'm like, oh, I'm Persian. So I'm Iranian, basically. And then they're like, oh, okay. All of a sudden, like out of nowhere, they're casting me as like this terrorist Taliban, you know? And I'm like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> like I actually went out for like a part and I thought it, like I'm going to show my face and everything. And they put like a burqa on me. Like, <laughs> and I was like, I'm like, and then the best part is, 
like I think I just like spoke in Farsi. So basically people don't even know what I'm saying. So what does it matter? Like who's behind, you know, the the curtain kind of thing, the burqa, right? So mm-hmm. it just made no sense. They could have casted anyone for that part. Like it could have been like somebody that doesn't like know anything, right? Like know any languages or anything because barely you could even barely even t- hear them talk. You could just do a mm-hmm. voiceover, you know? Yeah. It, yeah. it made no sense. So like, uh, um, uh, the lack of uh, representation for minorities in Hollywood is that because uh, uh, very few of uh, us are behind the scenes writing the script and funding the movie, so we can't take control. But I think you are taking control as this massive social media influencer, brilliant actress and comedian. You have so much power. Uh, people want you because they want your influence uh, other than your talent uh, and uh, how funny you are. Feel like we are like uh, building up ourselves, so they cannot ignore us anymore. That's what I felt. That what I have to do to make it here in Hollywood is that uh, they won't cast me because of my accent, but they will cast uh, Selma Hayek, even though she has her accent, and her accent is a plus because she is Selma Hayek. Mm-hmm. She made herself Selma Hayek yeah. to be true to herself, like Sofia Vergara. She made herself Sofia Vergara. Her accent is a big part of who she is and is sexy. Yeah. It's brilliant. So I cannot be a nobody for, to, to ask uh, the casting, be like, can you cast me instead of Constance Wu? Because I'm actually fresh with the boat. She's from fucking Virginia. Like, you need somebody who's fresh with the boat. I have the real accent. She has to fake her accent. They don't give a fuck. She's more famous. Really? Published. They don't want me. So yeah. I'm like, you are going to want me because I'm going to sell the ticket because people want to watch me because I will become a star on my own right. With the talent, I'm going to work my ass off to develop. Developed. So I feel like we are doing the same things. Like we are developing our talents and we are building our audience. Like if you hire me, I'm going to sell a million tickets because I have following. People want to buy tickets to see me. Mm-hmm. I don't do makeup video on my TikTok. I don't, I don't eat food on my TikTok. I tell jokes <laughs> on my TikTok. I'm the yeah. bitch. I'm the funny mom on TikTok. Everybody loves, and therefore, you want a, a funny Chinese girl from China? Yeah, cast me because that'll be smart to cast me. Yeah, uh, be like, oh, please cast me. You know, I'm you. You know, I'm just I'm tired of being being the buddy, some the person who's powerless. I want to take the power. Therefore, I remember I was pregnant with my girl uh, during the pandemic. I was hugging the toilet while making a TikTok video because I can't stop. Nobody's going to help me. Nobody give a fuck that you are pregnant. You are taking off your time from social media, from your career. You take off your time, you're out. Nobody's, you're gone. Mm-hmm. I was never there because I wasn't famous before anything. But one thing is like, uh, I don't have time to waste or I don't have to beg anybody. I am tough on myself. I make myself do it. I make myself make videos. My friend asked, I don't want to post video every day. That's too much. I'm not like you. I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't want to post it either. Yeah. Do you think I don't want to hang out with my kid to post a video? I don't want that. You have to comment. You have to like. You have to respond the comments to interact. But that's a part of the job. I want to make it uh, as a performer. And uh, that's one of the job. I have to interact with my fans so I can have a fan base i can have a career not because i have nothing to do i want to ignore my family and my kids i can be on social media i don't want that i want to take a nap i want to go to the pickup park i want to go shopping i want to eat ice cream with the kids but uh, i can't do it all day i have to choose my battles not because 
we are different. You don't want to post videos. I do. I'm the person who is crazy about posting videos. No, nobody wants to post video all day. No. We want nobody. Like even you, this is like on Instagram. This is massive. People yeah. don't get it. It's like, oh, she's a social media queen. She just love it. You do love it, but uh, this is so many work behind this. Like when people are sleeping, you are posting. When people are sleeping, you are making contents. When people are like, uh, I'm gonna be my day off. You have to put on your makeup and your hair and do a sketch. They don't get it. They only get it like, oh, she's lucky because she's hot. Hot people get more followers. She's doing it like, you know, like 2015, 2016 when it's easier. No, it wasn't never easy. Yeah, It was not easy. Yeah, that's what the whole misconception is. And I feel like if it it's not just me, I feel like it's women in general. Like as soon as you have social media following, oh, yeah, it's because she's hot or yeah. oh, it's because of her boobs or her tits. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a million people that have bigger butts, bigger boobs, bigger, prettier, funnier, whatever you want to claim, you know, and there's just so many different people with different talent. But do they have the following? Do they know what it took? to build that like I was literally up day and night building this and all I knew at the time was um, you know if I like build uh, more followers or get more followers I can get casted for stuff right at that point there was no like brand deals there was no way of making money unless you maybe like sold your own product or something and that Mm -hmm. was like way ahead for me right like I, I didn't even know I could make money off of it. My goal was like, oh, just keep getting more like people to see me, see my work and I can get casted for more stuff. And then next thing you know, it just kind of grew to its own thing. But then what's so frustrating about this is in order for people to give me a chance to collab with them, I had to come up with the comedy sketches. I had to come up with the whole idea, the concept, write them up send it to them, get it approved. And then they would like tag me in their like videos or something. Right. So I was growing my following that way. But then like, eventually I was like, okay, after like writing for what the funny and funnier die, I'm like, let me grow my own following. And when I did that, I was like, okay, if I just do the funny thing, people are like, oh, she's hot. And they're going to like not want to watch it. Oh, we don't, women aren't funny or whatever they claim, right? And then, so I was like, okay, I'll do the sexy funny thing, right? So I did the whole sexy funny thing. And I noticed that like, if I did a collab where I made the whole video, I'm the one with the following. I'm the one who wrote it. I'm the one who edited it. I'm the one who directed it. I did literally every aspect of the video and it's my content and it's my copyright that if I had another guy or a guy come in there for one second they would get all of the credit automatically to a point where like all these YouTube companies they gave my monetization to the guy you know so I actually lost out on hundreds and thousands of dollars from people just assuming that if it's if, if it's a guy in the sketch or in the video that like, I don't even have the mental capacity of being funny or like creative or anything. They automatically gave it to the guy. No question about it, you know? So I didn't even realize that this is what was going on because like all my like people that I worked with, their paychecks were like, you know, 15,000, 20,000, 30,000 a month. Right. 
and my paychecks are like 200 bucks and my videos are going viral on every platform. They're going viral on YouTube. They're going viral everywhere. And I'm like, why are my paychecks so low? And how, like, how do you even prove it? Like, because they're getting the funding going straight to their accounts, these YouTube companies, right? So you can't even show them like, hey, I actually know I made this much. And then they also like will get monetization from doing like, you know, at that time there was like Vine and stuff. So they would do the Vine takedowns uh, on YouTube. So if somebody reposts your video, that's your copyright. So you can get the earning for that, right? So they were giving my earning to like these guys. And I'm like, I can't even get that money back now, you know? So like, I already know like, firsthand like how hard it is to be a woman in comedy and like how people already automatically discredit you from you just existing (laughs) so so like how did you get into doing like first of all like a comedy special for peacock and like that's huge and then the comedy uh clubs like that to me is like huge like more than the special but the special is like like huge already like i would love to have a special one day but like you know it's you will. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> but like, You're how ready. did you do that? How did you make it happen? Well, I basically, uh, I just kept my head down and work, um, do the open mic as much as I can. I, I'm, I was, uh, when I opened my comedy club, I was hosting 10 hours of open mic per day. Wow. I could bathroom i take out the trash because my husband then didn't believe i can do it so i i knew that if i had people right away i wouldn't learn the business i can't really survive in this business so i want to learn by myself so i was running the mic hosting everything making the flyers even bright link everything and then i discovered some people can help i start hiring every day i have three or four hosts they host across the day every week. I think my staff, we have around 40 comedians that say they host, they have regular shifts to host. And every weekend we have two or three shows. I'm on all of the shows. And I got funnier because I worked very hard and I had my TikTok following. So I started getting booked on a lot of shows. So last, uh, um, I think uh, um, last year, I got to the uh, Comedy Invasion um, series. They were on Hulu, the first episode, first season. They are casting their uh, to second season. So they cast me for their second season, gave me, giving me a 30-minute special. This was supposed to be on Hulu, but they got another deal with Pika TV. They think it's more exciting. So uh, it's going to be on Pika TV. I filmed my first 30-minute special within one year of doing stand-up comedy. 30 minutes. I was very, very excited. And that's the day, actually, I was getting a divorce. I was moving out from the house, driving a fucking moving truck, directly to the Tokyo uh, Japanese um, theater. It, I was, my face was swollen. I've been crying all week. I'm in an awful mood. I could have canceled, but I know I would not cancel. I'm going to do it. I'll power through. I look like shit. My face was like very swollen from crying. But I did it. Oh, no. you're so beautiful. Like, I can't even imagine that. But, like, I understand, like, when you cry, you feel like you, you know, you don't look attractive and stuff. Like, you feel like crap, you know? So you yeah, did I, that, and then you held a comedy special at this theater, and then uh, at the same time, you're moving out, like, from a divorce. Yeah, the same day, I was moving out from my house. I drove directly to my taping because this is the most important thing in, in my life for my career. Uh, I did it. Uh, my husband didn't care. He just, uh, he just wanted to fight, whatever. So uh, the following month, I toured Seattle. And then I came back. I 
I basically I auditioned for the funniest woman in comedy for the Laugh Factory. So I did the competition, and I was one of the winners. So that qualified me to pass the Laugh Factory. So now I'm a paid regular at the Laugh Factory. Nice. That would be a huge huge shift of my career to actually being at the Laugh Factory and uh, meeting those great comics and uh, learning and challenging myself to help my stand- status and my standard as high as uh, the, the stars. It's, it's a lot of courage for me to be on the same stage because you, you, you know you are good or bad. You can see a big star kill right before you, you're going to go up. People expect you to be that good and uh, you have to. If you are not, they don't laugh. Because it's not acting. You can fuck the director and like make, make your thing five times and then cut the best one. You go up, you are not funny. You are not funny. People don't laugh. So I had to do a lot of work to be to be there. I had to do a lot of uh, um, shows to make sure that I'm, I'm that good. Um, that ch- challenged me to the next level. It also boosted my confidence. So as of this year, I'll be up here for my one-hour special. And uh, um, I'm going to tour probably once a month because of the kids. Mm-hmm. I'm just, uh, every day is a battle. You know, I do the best I can to be a good mom and uh, to be a good boss and uh, to be a good comedian. Yeah. No, but that's super cool. Like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, we got to be like best friends now because I'm, I can learn so much from you. I feel like you're just like, your mind is like, I, I like, I could tell, like, some parts is, like, uh, I got mentored by, like, J- uh, John uh, Singleton, right? And some parts, you know, he was, like, oh, you got to, like, write your own stuff. You got to create your own stuff. Nobody's going to give you a chance. You know, that's how this industry works. Unless you want, like, the one-liners and those kind of things. Like, you got to create your own stuff, right? So you you, like, literally, like, okay, well, I'm going to buy the comedy club, then they don't want to give me a chance or, you know, they I can't get enough time or whatever. I'm going to do my own thing. So like, that's so cool that you did that because it's like, I don't know. I'm just so, so impressed by it. Like, I don't even have words for it because it's oh, like- Oh, thank you. I'm so impressed by you. You are so massive. Um, you are so brilliant and smart. You are such a boss lady. Like we really, so, if, so are you. Out. You're the one who owns like the comedy clubs. I don't own a comedy club. <laughs> I want to come and just like hang out there. <laughs> yeah, no, Laura, you want to do a show together? We should do a show together. That'll be yeah, amazing. yeah. I like I have to do my com stand up comedy again. I have like twenty or thirty minutes of like um content, you know, and I recorded it and everything. I w- wanted to kind of put it up you know so people can see and people can get it and they can watch it you can do my show at the improv i have a monthly show joining and the friends at hollywood improv oh nice nice yeah, yeah. i haven't okay. done it in a while so yeah i have to get back into it you know yeah. i'll get well, you on for me what time. would you suggest if like you want to do stand up by you for instance like don't feel like touring all the time like is that possible i think it's, it is possible because la is basically where you need to be for comedy beside New York. Uh, if you are in LA, you have your right. Since that you are already very successful um, as an actress and a, a social media influencer, you don't need to travel. You just uh, do LA. We have the Love Factory, the Improv, and the Comedy Store, and there's a lot of other clubs in LA, and somewhere nearby, like San Diego, Long Beach, maybe even Vegas. Yeah. So 
like once you take over this market, you are you are already a star. When you are ready to travel, you have your uh, Netflix special. You can just do the bigger tour. So I don't think uh, I also like I didn't want to tour as much because I felt that uh, I need to really focus on uh, my uh, doing my uh, but building my materials because some people who tour they only have ten minutes. They do the same ten minutes everywhere because it's yeah. a different audience. They they get they, they they kill and they just like oh I'm good. They don't work on building their materials. Uh, so therefore, I I tour, but I don't tour as much at this stage of my career. When I am bigger, maybe in four years, three years, I have one hour special out. You can I can tour nationally, like just do tour and take the kids with me. But as of now, I'm I'm like I call myself like as a doctor. But right now, I'm doing my residency. Like I'm working, like I'm working like a hundred hours a week, <laughs> just trying to get better at what I do. Yeah stand up is the craft and people can tell the hours you put in or the hours you don't put in how you react to the hackers hecklers how you how you um work your materials i mean it's uh, people can see it so yeah. i think at this stage not touring is good because because we are lucky we're in la yeah no like i totally agree that I guess it's doable, you know like i think for me my scenario like i did the sketches right so I first started with the whole acting and, you know, everything. And then then it was like, OK, let me do the sketch comedy. Then I did the sexy funny, you know, and then it was just like, oh, well, she does the sketches. And then they all automatically assume that it was the guy. There's some guy somewhere writing all my stuff. There always have to be a guy behind it, <laughs> right? Like, I don't know how are they getting this guy from. I wish he was here because I need the help, you know, so. Yeah. They always come up with the, oh, but this is a guy or whatever. So basically I was like, okay, well, people don't believe it. Let me prove to them and myself that I could do stand up, right? So I actually went and like, I got coached by uh, Pretty Funny Women. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Yeah, so I did that just to like get the ins and outs. And then I started going out to like open mics, open mics everywhere. And then, you know, did my little... um, you know, what do you call it? Like my bits or whatever. And uh, when I figured it all out after the open mics, then I was like, okay, now I know I could do this. And technically I could tour too. There was a bunch of people that wanted to see me in different cities because I was with Gersh Agency and they were like, okay, you pull these many people in each city. So I was able to, but then I started thinking, I'm like, is this even what I want? Like, do I want to travel all over the US to like all random cities and do stand up, you know? And then I realized to myself, like this, this was just like a thing to prove to myself that I could do it. And, but it wasn't the ultimate, ultimate thing. Right. So I was just like, okay, well, I know I could do it. Then I was like getting questioned like, oh, well, she can do comedy and she can do stand up, but can she do dramatic, you know? And then I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, really? Now, like, you know, this. So I started like proving to myself again, like, can I do dramatic the way people think I could do it? You know? Oh, yeah. So I went- totally. Some of the best actors are comedians. Yeah. Pete Goldberg, like uh, Robin Williams. You can't get better than those. Yeah. Um, but I think coach always say, uh, dying is easy, comedy is hard because you have to cost you to make people laugh. It, it costs us to make people laugh, to be yeah. the real great comedians. The cheesy laughs, they, they go away. But the, the real comedians, it, it costs their pain emotionally to make people laugh. 
yeah so tragedy is comedy so it's like you know you have to go through all that tragedy you know so like that's what I was like saying like I did the whole like two years of like Meisner and they like did the dramatic and all all this all of this stuff right and then I did my short film and I produced it and all that good stuff and then next thing you know like the short film is like called hacked basically so that's a whole nother thing but I did that and then it was dramatic and then now people are like oh she could do that too okay cool but it's still like I still got to prove myself like you know it like never ends it's like <laughs> you know you got to create your own like movies tv shows everything you own because it's like people are not going to give you a chance basically no, especially it, if you're it, a woman and you have an accent or you're like another like ethnic background you know yeah, it's it's crazy. I totally get you because uh, even Jennifer Lopez, J Lo, right now, people are like, but you can't sing, but you can't dance. Even today, people say that to her. Yes. So I think uh, you do whatever is right in your heart because you actually already proved to the world you are beautiful, smart. You are such a dynamic talent, comedy, drama. Like you can do everything. And you are also a very smart businesswoman. I feel like right now you would be just like just do whatever is your calling right now. You are gonna you are gonna shine in whatever you do, rather than uh, thinking about it. I'm doing so I can prove to them. You don't have to prove to anybody. You are the winner. In every standard, you are the winner. You have uh, top agency in Hollywood. You are gorgeous. You have the the biggest uh, social media following, and uh, you are very talented. And you are an amazing person. I just feel like at this point, uh, any movie offer you anything when you when you do it, you are gonna they they are they are gonna win just because they have you. Um, oh, thank you. Same I, for you. Like you know, my thing is, I think we should just team up and do our own thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like I think that's the, probably the best thing. And then before I like forget too, so I'm in the process of changing the laws against hack leak crimes of uh, private images and videos. So it's like basically if somebody hacks you and leaks private videos and images or information about you, uh, you know, that is in a sexual manner or like nudity or anything like that, they should be sentenced as someone who's committing a sex crime and not just like a regular hacking. Because what they're doing is like they're profiting from from that. And then they're basically doing like a digital rape and digital trafficking. What do you think about the laws and like the technology? Like, do you think the laws need to be updated with technology or like what should be done about that? I think the laws definitely will be updated with technology because uh, nowadays you can make a fortune. Like uh, people, if they hack into your account, they have your daily, not even, not even like a nudity, just your daily selfies. They can sell it for money. Your fans would buy it. And they thought that was you. And they would use your image, make a fake account, and just, like, communicate with the fans and make money from it. It's, it's, I feel like it's digital kidnapping. It's digital human trafficking. That's what you said. It's like they use your image, your contents, to make a profit, to lie to your fans and take advantage from them because they have the love for you. And this is just... This is just really, really bad, bad crime. Um, you can actually make good money from doing that. And that's why people are doing it because they can actually make a lot of money. 
Yeah, so for instance, these hackers, they're getting sentenced like a couple months, like three mm-hmm. months, five months, a year, max like a year and a half or, you know, something around there. So like, if you think about it, they're hacking all of these people. Some of them might even be celebrities or a lot of them are celebrities and they're selling it for millions and millions of dollars on the black market, right? Or, and then next thing you know, like worst case scenario, if they get caught, they're getting like a slap on the wrist. Imagine if you get like five months to a year and a half and you made like minimum of $10 million. I mean, that's, more than you would have made probably in a year and a half anyway. So it kind of like makes sense to almost go to jail for a year and a half. And that's if like you get caught. So yeah, I'm just, I'm just kind of weirded out like on all the laws right now, because the laws are not in favor of women and children. I noticed that like with a lot of situations and then, you know, people are like, putting like child support and all this other stuff. Well, it's your child. Like you should take care of your child, you know, like it's crazy. Like as some things I can understand how it's like, it should be even out. And some other things I'm like, when it comes to like children, underage girls and boys getting raped or like things like that, I'm just kind of like the laws need to really, really be updated. And then, they're targeting like little girls and little boys too in in these kind of scenarios so that's what's so sickening about this like they should be sentenced as someone who's committing a sex crime and be a registered like sex offender you know totally it's crazy so yeah but thank you for saying that because uh yeah i'm trying to change the law right now so uh everything is like going in that direction but um is there anything else you would like to say? Where can people find you? Do you have anything you want to like bring up or talk about? Thank you so much, my gorgeous. Uh, I My name is Jiayin Summers. Uh, I'm on social media, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, everywhere, YouTube as Jiayin Summers. And uh, I have comedy shows every week. Um, just go to my website, jellyinsummers.com, follow me on Instagram. And uh, um, I am touring San Diego this weekend and New York at uh, the end of uh, the month. If you are in New York, make sure you come out to see me. Uh, I'm so happy to be here. And uh, I think Wills and I, we should have a theme song and we can chat uh, like uh, in person because I'm like in love with you. Like uh, you are like a... You are, you are Princess Jasmine. I'm, I'm oh. Mulan. <laughs> yeah. We're we like have princess. <laughs> Hell yeah. Like, no, right. but we got to hang out whenever, like, uh, you're in LA. Well, you're in LA, right? So, yeah, I'm in LA. So, speak if you have time or the week after. Um, mm-hmm. I'll send you an email. I'll copy my assistance and the show, you know, your, your schedule, whatever. We will figure it out. We can have them song. My godmother had a restaurant uh, on Canon called the Xi'an restaurant. It's really good and healthy. Very healthy Chinese food. You're going to love it. Oh, my God. Yeah, I love Chinese food. So I'm like, anytime any food is really like, you know, like there's any food across like anywhere. I like, <laughs> you know, I'm on a constant diet. So anytime I get a chance to actually eat, like I'm like, oh, my God, I got to <laughs> eat, you know. <laughs> Definitely tea and eat yeah. them. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have all that. Over the world, yeah, no, for sure. We have to do that. And like, also, I'm going to like add all of her links in the description. So you guys can go there and like click on the links directly. So you got to send that to me too. So I can add that. <laughs> I'll have, uh, I have an email coming out to you. Okay. Cool. 
Thank All right, well, so thank you so much. much for doing this. I'm like, I'm in love with you. I'm like, let's get me married. You we have to- <laughs> oh, for sure. We have uh, you're <laughs> the man I've been looking for. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, I love it. All right. Okay. Thank you so much. All right. Bye. Bye.